hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. This is a show. This is a show. This is a show. This is a show. And um, nobody can tell us it's not. A lot of people try, though. They're like, that's not a show. And we're like, uh, it's like 30 minutes long, and it's two people talking, and there's commercials on it sometimes. If that's not show, I don't know no. what it is. I know. They're like, wonderful is a word I say. That is not anything I listen to. Yeah, but then I'm like, uh, cereal? Heard of it? <laughs> uh, this is a show where we talk about things we like that are good that we're into. And do you have any small wonders? Oh, I mean, okay, so we finished Love Village. We did finish Love Village. I was excited. I, I went fishing to see if anybody else was watching it because I missed my community of watchers. Uh, and there were a lot of other people that took up Love Village. Very exciting. Um, Finishes strong. Finishes wild. I know. Uh, that, that, that I, I found myself thinking like, wait, what's going to... Because, you know, when you watch a new show and there's all these like arcane rules that you don't really understand, I was yeah. like, wait, so... How do they leave? Yeah. <laughs> like if they don't confess, what happens to them? <laughs> they are ushered out by a, a big tall man who comes in and he's got a big flashlight and he says, this way, please. You mm -hmm. must leave. Mm -hmm. You must leave Love Village now. You're here for the wrong reasons. Um, <laughs> What's your small wonder? I'm gonna, I mean, we hopped right off that right onto another Netflix reality program uh, that we've only watched a couple episodes of so far, but I can't stop thinking about it. It's called Siren survive the island i believe is what it's called i think that's right yeah my dad recommended it to us saying that it was like survivor but violent big ups david <laughs> uh it is a a korean competition reality show where six teams of four women representing six different professions, professions i yeah. guess There's firefighter police military stunt guard yeah and i can never remember the sixth one athlete Yes, Athlete. yes. There's yeah. a, re a returning uh, cast member from Physical 100, which is very, very exciting. Anyway, it's a big game of Capture the Flag set on an island uh, where they have sort of like survivor-like endurance test challenges that they can use yeah. to get sort of like benefits that they use in the raid battles where you have to break into a team's base, which they have different bases scattered throughout the island and yeah. steal their flag. I was really skittish at first because it's one of those shows where in the first minute as a teaser, they show you what are basically the most dramatic moments of the series. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this seems really intense. Yeah, it opens up with just like fighting. And that's <laughs> yeah. not great. That's usually our least favorite part of Survivor is like the challenges where it's like wrestle in the mud, you dirty fucking pigs. But then in Choke the first- Choke each other out to try and grab that big ball. And then in the first episode, they're like, here are the different bases and the benefits and, you know, disadvantages of each base. And I was like, all right, I'm in. I'm fucking sold so hard. <laughs> the cinematography is bonkers. We watched the first yeah. episode of the base battle last night, and it was jaw-dropping. There must be like a hundred cameramen on that. There must be. It's uh, unreal. It, it kicks ass. We were whooping and hollering. <laughs> uh, at this at this first base battle episode, it kicks ass. I'm I'm uh, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm not I'm not wild about people beating each other up. Yeah. And so far, it doesn't seem it's like capture the flag, right? So everybody has a flag on their back, and if your flag gets taken, you're out. So like that's in theory should be as physical as it gets. And yet, like when someone is hiding their flag on the roof of their building, and people are trying to climb up the building, like. There's going to be a scuffle. There's going to be a, a fracas. I think it is going to get more violent yes. as people are immersed in the world longer because the first couple episodes are like, can we 
do this? Like they're yeah. here and they're looking at us. Is People that are looking allowed? in our windows. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a weird like before the first base battle, like a politeness that is expected. Like, yeah. excuse me, you are looking at our things. I imagine Stop by the last that. episode, it's going to be pretty grisly. Well, as soon as the first base battle starts, it's like I'm going to smash your fucking windows. It, like, it completely, <laughs> yeah. like Lord of the Flies drops. There's a the the titular siren is a a stunning piece of sound design that is just <laughs> terrifying because you don't know when it's going to go off. That's what signifies, hey, it's time for the base battle. You don't know when it's going to happen. And so everybody is kind of like on their toes all the time, ready for this big, uh, very uh, aggressive game of capture the flag to happen. There's like alliances that get formed and a, a lot of sort of like trepidation that I find like very, uh, I don't know, like if I was on this show and it was like time for a base battle, I would be so paralyzed with fear uh, and uncertainty. And it's nice to see that is also what happens to everybody else. He's like, do we just stay here? We should just stay here, right? <laughs> I know. And the longer the wait, they wait, the more they're like, maybe nobody's coming. Maybe we should go. Yeah. Uh, very, very, very neat show. I don't know how it's going to unfold, but the concept is like bonkers. I go first this week. Yes. And I'm about to talk about another television show, which oh, I don't right. usually do here. Okay. Uh, but I've been thinking about it a lot lately. It's Last Man on Earth. Oh. Last Man on Earth. It was a just a wild, just beautiful unicorn of a television show that ran for four seasons from 2015 to 2018. Uh, it was co-created by uh, Christopher Miller and Phil Lord from the Spider-Verse films and the Lego movie and a bunch, oh, bunch of other stuff. Uh, they are on some next level shit. That's uh, like, that. their shit is it, just so good. Uh, but they co-created the show with... Uh, Will Forte, who also stars uh, as the 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 titular last. I've said that word a lot. I don't like it. But he's the last <laughs> man on earth. He is Phil Phil Tandy Miller as his character's name. Um, so in this show, nearly all of humanity has been wiped out by a virus in the year 2020. Which, looking back, kind of not I know, great. Right? Kind of a cold shot. Um, I I I cannot believe it is a television show that got made let alone got four seasons. Uh, although it did end on a cliffhanger that felt like it kind of went before its before its rightful time. Yeah. It is. It very much feels like a blank check project for uh, Phil, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller of just like, here's a big, big thing. Go do it and have fun, you guys. We're Fox. Here's a billion dollars. Go have fun, guys. We yeah. trust you. See you later. Um, so when the series starts, uh, Phil is seemingly the last living human uh, on Earth. And he spends his days just kind of fucking around in ways that are only possible in the post-apocalypse and are just really funny. Um, there's like a, a he sets up mannequins as bowling pins in like the abandoned parking lot of some Costco and then smashes into him. And he made a recurring gag is that when he gets bummed out, he just makes a kiddie pool full of margarita that he bathes <laughs> in and drinks at the same time. It's like for we used to watch Walking Dead and it was like so refreshing to see somebody in this like survival circumstance kind of doing what I think most people would do, which is at first it's like, I don't like what are I got to entertain myself. Like, yeah, I'm not necessarily focused on survival 24 hours a day. There's they, they cite a lot of those types of things as inspiration for like uh the world of the show right there's no zombies in in yeah. last man on earth uh but there is a lot of sort of that like 28 days later uh omega man uh shit what was the will smith one you know the will smith one the will smith vampire zombie movie uh there's a lot of that sort of like bleakness but unlike walking dead where everybody's just like a hardened 
motherfucker because they're the only ones that survive. The people who are survivors in this world have seemingly just sort of been spared at random by genetics. And so they are all just sort of hapless goofballs, uh, which is really fun because it takes that bleak setting and then fills it with like just just dum-dums and that's it's also very good like the other thing that's fun about it is the way that they like reveal characters as the series goes on yes. and you as the viewer don't really know who's coming or right. if there's going to even be any more people right and to see kind of how that changes the the shape of the show like it just feels very organic right it's they, really fun to watch the title is misleading because he is not the last man on earth you very quickly realized. Although when the series started, I was like, is this whole thing just yeah. Will Forte? <laughs> just fucking around. I would watch it. No, in the first episode, he meets uh, Kristen Shaw's character. Yeah. Uh, and then they get married uh, because they have to repopulate the planet, but she doesn't want to uh, do it out of wedlock. And then right after they get married, they meet January Jones. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Will Forte, Phil, Mil- Phil Tandy Miller is like, ah, oh, damn it. Because uh, he wish he hadn't married uh, Kristen Shaw's character. He is a like lazy, self-centered, just shit heel. Yeah. Uh, and watching uh, him kind of try to fit in with this growing group of survivors and become like a better person, which is an agonizing process because he almost always makes the most selfish decision that is possible is like, I don't know. There's something about the way that they unfold it so, 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 so slowly that it feels like very real and very good when he starts making yeah, decisions. Yeah, it's it's group. relatable to like anytime you start anything new, like yeah. like a, like a new school year or a new job, and you're kind of like scoping out who's around you and like what your relationship with them is going to be. Yeah. Like that happens over and over again in this show. Everybody turns out a great performance. Rachel mentioned that there's there's like a a, a, a bigger group of people out there than you initially expect. Here are some stars of the show. Kristen Schaal, January Jones, Mary Steenburgen. Steenburgen? Steenburgen? I always heard Burgen. Okay, me too. Jason Sudeikis, uh, Kenneth Choi, Kristen Wiig, uh, Fred Armisen, all in recurring roles. There's lots, lots of brief guest appearances uh, from Will Ferrell, whose turn on the show is hysterical. Uh, Very, very, very brief run on the show. Uh, John Hamm, Laura Dern, Jack Black, Chris Elliott, a lot of incredibly funny people are in this show, and uh, as a result, it is like very often just hysterically funny. Um, so originally, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller pitched this idea as a feature film, uh, and they approached Will Forte with it because they'd worked with him a, a few times in the past uh, about developing it into something. And apparently, Will Forte just like fell head over heels in in love with the idea, uh, and so they developed the pitch for the whole first season over a weekend. And they were nervous that, like, no network was going to pick it up because it was going to be, like, a pretty big, you know, a pretty big project, a pretty expensive project. Uh, And yet, like, even though it was an incredibly ambitious thing, Fox picked it up and was, like, shockingly hands-off, giving them just the creative freedom to make something really unique and really weird and special. Uh, And it's it is – it really touches a lot of – storytelling things that I like that I don't know I've ever seen in one like package before like the kind of survival story of them looking for a safe place to be and finding resources and learning uh how to like take care of themselves on top of these like slapstick humor moments these outrageous moments of of uh post-apocalyptic life 
uh, those two extremes really pull against each other constantly and it, it occasionally results in something that is genuinely sweet and kind-hearted uh while also sort of featuring some of the like darkest impulses of uh of humanity it does it all it bounces between these extremes and it's it's just so unpredictable and so fun it is also flawed like i think back about some of the character arcs that that happened on this show that were just stinkers uh from start to finish there's one season where january jones is just catatonic basically for the whole season yeah and it's like kind of frustrating uh they also kill off characters like the walking dead does um not in the horrific graphic ways that the walking dead does but like at one point a character gets appendicitis and everybody's like, oh, shit, I guess one of us has to learn how to do surgery. Yeah. And it's like a horrific, it's, it's yeah. a moment of like, of terror and and sorrow on top of this show that doesn't usually cater to moments Characters like, like get pregnant and have to have babies. And have to figure out how to do that. Yeah. yeah. So like, it doesn't, it doesn't shy away from the elements that you see in a lot of, of uh, sort of survival shows like uh, Walking Dead and the like. The only thing that's different is that all the characters in it are are really funny. And that is so fascinating how you can I don't know how you do that like as a writer how you can take two and like diametrically opposed yeah. elements from two different stories and put them together into something that is more than the sum of its parts. Like a show where everyone's funny too. That's like so rare in shows like this. Like usually there's like the two funny people and then everybody else is super serious and has a lot of very special skills. Yeah. No, it's it is it is it's not that. It's everybody occasionally one like very serious person like joins the group and then they there's friction that comes up around that because they can't take anybody else seriously when they're yeah. you know drink drinking margarita pools and stuff. Yeah. Um so yeah, in in its four seasons it did stuff I've never seen any television show before and had moments that were just so funny and they were they're moments that would not have happened without this enormous budget and like total like creative freedom that they were allowed for like reasons beyond my comprehension like tv shows that don't is get true. greenlit like this and they don't get made like this obviously like phil lord and chris miller you know had some some heat behind their name uh when they started working on this and will forte you know had been on snl for 100 years uh but still i cannot believe that this show got made yeah uh, when and- it got canceled it was like we were at the same time like sad and also like yeah yeah (laughs) like Like, we expected it at some point yeah it does end on a cliffhanger though that is like pretty pretty wild like pretty it expands the world in a sort of exponential way they're like oh shit what could this possibly mean for the we'll never know we'll (laughs) never ever know but anyway that's last man on earth it's probably streaming you can probably stream it somewhere. I don't somewhere. Know. I'm not. In, I'm not like a. I'm not like in the like media. I'm not like a media guy. I'm kind of more of a books dude. Oh yeah, no, I know that about you. Can I steal you away? Yeah. Griffin. Yeah. You know it's a shame. What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's Factor. 
These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um th- for the commercial the Super Bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain All right, class, tomorrow's exam will cover the science of cosmic rays, the morals of art forgery, and whether or not fish can drown. Any questions? Yes, you in the back. Uh, what is this? It's the podcast Let's Learn Everything. Where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. My name's Tom. I study cognitive and computer science, but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis. My name's Caroline, and I did my master's in biodiversity conservation, and I'll be teaching you intro to things the British Museum stole. My name's Ella. I did a PhD in stem cell biology, so obviously I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. So do I still get credit for this? (laughs) No. (laughs) Obviously not. No. It's a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let us guess. You love books, but wish you had more time to read. Or maybe you used to read a lot, but life has gotten in the way, kids, grad school, you name it. Maybe you don't know where to start and bookish social media is overwhelming. How do people on TikTok read so many books? Oh my God, I don't know. And maybe you've been reading the same book for six months and now it's permanently attached to your bedside table. Maybe you don't even know what you like to read anymore. We're reading glasses, and don't worry, we got you. We'll get you back into reading and help you enjoy books again. Reading glasses, every week on Maximum Fun. Uh, So my thing this week is Twister. 
this is a surprise. Not the 1996 film. Honestly, it could have gone either way, and I would have been totally down to clown. <laughs> um, which I actually really did enjoy. Of course. Um, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the game Twister. Okay. What I don't, it? I've never, I don't want to ca- cast aspersions. I've never known you to be a, especially sort of touchy-feely with, with uh, lots of people in a gamified manner. Here sort. is the nuance of Twister okay. that I like. Hey, As a young person... Very prudish. Yeah. Never wanted to make it seem like I wanted to touch someone. This is, you are, this is a <laughs> lot you're putting on our audience. <laughs> like, I'm ready for it. You know I'm ready for it. This is a lot to put on the crowd. I have to imagine that this is not uncommon. That is why I'm expressing it so openly. <laughs> that there's lots of people who do Twister for just to get some touch? <laughs> yes. Without having to say? Yes, honestly, yes. All right. Period, yes. Okay. Um, I think it's like whenever there are rules that... Touching rules. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to keep contextualizing this in a way that I think our <laughs> listeners will find helpful. It's like, for example, the reason I thought I was good at group therapy was because the the job was to come in and to say vulnerable things about yourself. So when I did it, I felt like I'm just doing this the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. Twister... Oh, no, my arm is touching your arm. It's supposed to happen. This is is a lot. So I'm not like making a move. I'm not exposing any desire here. I am just playing the game as it is meant to be played. Yeah, we're all playing Twister. We're all doing the same thing. So it's not weird if my arm touches your arm. You shouldn't have put your arm on that yellow dot knowing that my foot was going to have to go crosswise over it under your armpit to the red dot. So really, we're both, we're both. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? When you went to a movie with a person when you were a teen. Yeah. It was, I mean, you didn't know how much was in play, right? Yes. Like you would sit next to a person in a theater and it was like the steps were kind of clear, but how far the steps were going to go were uncertain. Yeah, I know. Twist. I mean, that wasn't really an issue for me. Um, <laughs> you know. Because you had a written contract. Every time I went to the movies. It was like, here, check the boxes of interest to you. Yeah. On a scale of (laughs) one to ten, it was like a smiley face pain scale. (laughs) Ten? Holy shit. (laughs) Are you sure? Um, Yeah, but Twister, it was like, okay, you you spin this thing. It tells you where to put your hand. Yeah. Uh, There are a a set number of circles, Mm -hmm. so there can only be a set number of players. Right. Uh, and, And then just don't fall over. Don't fall down. That's that's it. That's Twister. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like this is not a game, obviously, that I have played recently. Uh, I feel like you get to a certain age, and touching somebody else is a little bit, I don't know, more comfortable. I bet you Henry would like, I bet you Henry would have a, a ball. Yeah. That's the thing. It is also timeless. Yeah. When is this game going to go out of style? I can't imagine ever. I mean, I mean, I don't think a lot of people are playing it. And I would argue it's already kind of gone out of style. I don't, I don't hear a lot of buzz about. Well, Twister. there are a lot of new variations of oh, Twister shit. I that I will to get to. Okay. Uh, okay. So Twister, uh, 1969, uh, Chuck Foley and Neil Ravens were awarded a patent for their invention, quote, apparatus for playing a game wherein the players constitute the game pieces. Okay. Isn't that like a overarching like thing? That seems like a lot. That could be a lot That's of games. Sports. You're describing sports, <laughs> kind of. That's true. It was applied for patents under the name Pretzel. Hmm? 
And Chuck Foley joined a, a house of design, a St. Paul company, where they developed Twister. Uh, they were Boy, that must, they must have really broke the brain, the brain <laughs> trust on that one. Just like uh, blue, red, yellow, green circles on a big thing. Yep, cool. Let's go. Apparently, Mr. Foley received no royalties for the game, uh, which is what his son said, and received $27,000 in a buyout. It was like, thanks for your idea. Go, go on your way. You, um, you owe him so much for the just amount of touch <laughs> you were able to give and receive. I want to make clear, it's not like I was handsy. No, no, no. It was just like I was at a point. You were forearmsy because the hand goes on the dot. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, so Milton Bradley uh, brought Twister to the world uh, and competitors accused the company of selling, quote, sex in a box. Whoa, holy shit. Uh, there were a lot of retailers that refused to stock the game and they thought it threatened their family friendly appearance. In, si in 1969? This is summer of love. I know. I think there was just a lot of nervousness, right? Yeah. Like there were the people in power that were making the decisions and then yeah. there was everybody else that was like super ready to, you know, party. Freaking Banksy over here. <laughs> Tell me more about the people in power who didn't want us to touch. <laughs> so part of the reason Twister became so popular was there was an episode of The Tonight Show where uh, Johnny Carson played Twister with a uh, a starlet of the time, which got everybody excited about it. Uh, and as I mentioned, a lot of stores were like, we're not, that game's dangerous. We're not going to put that game. But one of the first retailers to do it was Abercrombie and Fitch. The fuck? They used to be like a sporting equipment store. So they had like tennis shoes and like, you know, elephant guns and Twister. Sorry. They had elephant guns at Abercrombie? Probably not at the same time. I like girls who shop at Abercrombie, <laughs> bitch. They buy guns. They buy guns. <laughs> Probably not at the same time. Abercrombie and Fitch has been around since 1892. The fuck? No way! I know, I know. But this segment is not uh, about... You would, it would have been <laughs> way more fun if you had asked me what year Abercrombie and Fitch was started. I would have said probably 2002. With I know, right? polo shirts and body sprays. Exactly. But they were instead selling sex games and elephant guns. <laughs> um, so they they decided to sell Twister, and when the store opened, they had like fifty people waiting outside. Jesus like, this Christ! Is the, this is the only place I can go to get Twister. I need this. <laughs> uh, and so part of what they did with the packaging, so they didn't want it to be sold as a sex game. Uh, yeah. So, so they intentionally used cartoon characters on the front. If you think about it. I, I looked at a lot of different Twister advertisements. It's challenging to put two people in a position on a Twister mat that isn't, isn't suggestive. compromising? Yeah, <laughs> sure. So there was a lot of people in like a crab position. Yeah. Which, you know, would be difficult, I think, to be an aggressor in that position. And so there was a suggestion of like, look, look, it's crab. It's crab. It's crab. <laughs> it's crab. This can't be sex. It's crab. <laughs> You've never seen sex crab, have you? No. <laughs> in the 12... <laughs> In the 12 months after the game appeared on Johnny Carson, it sold 3 million units. So horny. Um, 
There are also some new variations. So this is what I was telling you about. There is a version um, to make Twister available to people that are colorblind. Okay. Uh, there is a version that is tactile. So if you, um, you know, are not able to see the circles, uh, there are feelings of like symbols oh, on cool. the circles. Uh, there's Twister Splash, which is basically a splash pad. Like, like water that. is coming up through. Uh, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Twister Junior, which has animal faces on the colors. Cute. Uh, Twister Shapes, which like blindfolded Twister is the, the shapes. Uh, and Twister Ultimate, which has two times the spots. So you can bring more players into the mix. That's cool. So Twister is still evolving. I was kind of surprised about that because I was like, oh, it's just been the same game forever. Um, but apparently the creative group that developed it continues to work closely with the Twister products to make sure that it follows, I guess, the original intent. I love that. Um, it is now owned. So Hasbro acquired Milton Bradley, and they they now are your Twister dealers. I am not a big Twister fan, but I will say that it does create... I love games that create moments that are not possible or just don't happen in other types of games. Yeah, yeah. And Twister does have that amazing moment when you are on the board, just sort of like all crabbed out. Yeah. And then you watch the spinner land on like the one dot that you know is going to be either impossible for you to contort your body to or will require you to, you know, limbo underneath your brother's leg. That moment of like, ah, fuck. (laughs) It's not like anything else. It's not like when somebody like, you know, plays a, a, you know, you land on the wrong spot, a monopoly. And yeah. it's like, oh man. In Twister, when the wrong spot comes up, it's like, I'm going to fall down. And that doesn't happen in other games. And that's true. very exciting. That's true. Thank you for making it more wholesome than I did. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. It, because I really didn't intend for this whole segment to be like so charged, so riled up. Yeah. Quite so charged. Um, I was just being honest about me as a youth. Sure. And, um, I don't think that was the sole reason I played Twister. No. I want to like walk it back a walk little bit. Walk it back a little bit. I think Twister is a, is, is a- I wasn't like at a party being like, hey guys, I don't know. Maybe- uh, uh, Well, I brought, tw- I did bring Twister. <laughs> Twister, maybe. I don't know, whatever. Like, well, yeah, I guess we could. This is a wake. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, the Twister, Twister's a fine game. It's a fine ch- chased experience. <laughs> I think everybody's probably had at least one experience with Twister that that they were like, whoa. T- touch right but that's not the <laughs> i don't think the the intended use case of the of the project yeah um i think i think you would be good at it i think you're you're quite flexible i think i am actually pretty flexible. i think I, I was expecting to come to this segment and you'd be like oh yeah twister i've like ran that game well I, I mean i'm pretty good at twister i don't i I, f- I would imagine that in my current age my lack of stamina and mm. sort yeah. of just general achiness. You would, do have to support your body weight for a pretty long great. time. Yeah, yeah, that's not great for me. Um, but yeah, Twister's fun. We played it at church a lot, so it can't be that bad. <laughs> um, hey, do you want to know what our friends at home are talking about? Yes. Uh, Silas says, hello, my small wonder this week is the poses that models do in beanbags to advertise them. I was shopping for a beanbag online this week, as one does, and it was delightful how simultaneously cozy and silly the models looked in the accompanying photos. I mean, I can just sort of swipe you through a, just a, I mean, these are some big boy beanbag chairs, and these, these oh, people are just that's being completely great. consumed uh, by these bad boys. Uh, I bet you that's a fun modeling gig. 
You just want me to squanch down in there and, okay, cool. I like that. That's not anything I ever would have considered. So I really appreciate that, that listener submission. Yeah. Amanda says, uh, Griffin bringing up Tupperware in the most recent episode reminded me of my small wonder, the subtle superpower, something minor that you're really, really good at. My mom, for example, can always find the perfect size Tupperware for leftovers. Wow. Do you feel like you have something like this? Do I feel like I have that talent? Yeah. Not particularly, no. Okay. I mean, I can like, I can, I can generally do pretty well, but I don't feel like it's a gift. I think I'm pretty good at knowing when people are lying. I Whoa. judge myself on a, like not in a useful way. It's not, not like it's not like to poker go that face way. over yeah. there. But I, I feel like when somebody's phony and phony and down, yeah, I feel like I have a pretty good hit rate on picking. Yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, a I'm long... a terrible poker player. Yeah. So it's like weirdly like <laughs> it, it only happens in certain times. But I along tell. that line, if somebody tells a story. Uh, about themselves, I can always tell when they were planning to tell that story the whole conversation. Yes. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> a lot of times when we watch reality television, I feel like this is part of the reason it is so enjoyable for us, is we will watch reality television and we will both look at each other like, oh man, he's been waiting all season sure. to get that story out. <laughs> uh, it's uh, On a s- almost somewhat related note, yesterday we were driving in the car with Henry and he was talking, he was on his iPad and he was getting car sick. And so we were like, well, just don't play any games. He's like, okay. And then I heard him playing a game and I wasn't like upset or anything. I just didn't want him to get car sick. And so I was like, what are you playing? And he's like, oh, I'm watching a video and then a, a beat. And he goes, all right, you caught me in 4K. I'm playing a game. <laughs> And I laughed so hard. I had never heard that before. He caught me in 4K. He said it in a way that like, you know what this means, right? And then I commented to Rachel later, like, I think that's the first time that our son has used some sort of modern lingo yeah. that I'm unfamiliar with. And I thought we would have a little bit more time. <laughs> I thought we would get a little, I thought we would make it to at least, you know, second, Seven. third grade yeah. um, before we, but not kindergarten. He's already schooling. Here us. we are. I love it. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for these sort of theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great stuff that they got there. You're going to find something you like. I guarantee it. We got shows coming up, including on this Friday, we're going to be in Raleigh doing My Brother my brother and Me with wonderful opening. Yes. So don't miss that. We're also going to be doing Taz the next day, Saturday in Raleigh, and then we're doing Mabim Bam in Richmond. Uh, and no opener on that one. Just a, just a, just all the bim bam coming down the pipe. So uh, go to uh, McElroyTours.com, I believe, or bit.ly slash McElroyTours. Just go to McElroy.family and you'll yeah, find that's what just I do. everything. That's what I do too because I can't keep a bunch of URLs no. up here. No. Um, we got new merch over at McElroyMerch.com um, and, and there's some fun stuff. July, we're going to have even more every month. New stuff up in there. Um, so check, check, check it totally out. That's it. Uh, we started ending with Bim Bam with a sonic bath, which is like the best <laughs> idea ever because we don't have to say or do anything. I can't we wait for you guys to do noise. that live for the first time. Oh, shit. We're going to have to, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Um, so we can't do that. No, we can't. I would love a, a nice uniform outro for this for this this podcast program. We though. used to when we did Rose Buddies. What we say? Don't drill a hole in your head? When you're ready. Oh, yeah, yeah. That doesn't make sense for us. No. No. Keep it real. (laughs) Have a great summer.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.